Levo to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Levo just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Liebold, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. For the last two years, I've sported a pretty big mustache. I originally started growing my mustache for Movember in 2020, but when I woke up on December 1st, after Movember was over, I read a post that said just because it's December 1st does not mean that men's health issues go away. Did you know that on the global average, one man dies by suicide every single minute of every single day? And here in Canada, three out of every four suicides are men. Movember does a ton of incredible work surrounding men's health, but this year and every year, I'm always raising awareness and money for suicide prevention. I myself have spent multiple months in the psych ward after suicide attempts. As a man who's lived with mental illness for the vast majority of my life, I know what it feels like to feel hopeless, to have so much pain that you just want out. I've spent several months in the psych ward myself due to my own suicide attempts. 
I know what it feels like to feel hopeless and to live with immense pain, to just want out. If you're struggling, please call the number below. You are not alone. It's gonna take an army. Thank you to everybody at Movember for their continued hard work, but we all need to come together. We all need to do our part. Please do what you can today and support Movember. Let's go! What do you think? No mustache. Hockey to Hell and Back episode number 115. A very sick, tired Brady Liebold coming at you live from Muskoka. Holy cow. November and it's sunny. Guys are wearing shorts. It's beautiful over here. Hopefully everyone's doing well. I'm really excited for this. Though I'm feeling under the weather, I always have the energy to come on here, especially when I got a guy like Kevin Rain on the other side coming on here in uh, just a few minutes. If you're watching on Facebook, please go to YouTube. Let's grow the YouTube channel. Share it with your friends. I don't pay for advertising. I got no budget. I'm not on welfare anymore, but still have no budget for advertising. So I rely heavily on each and every one of you. So thank you for joining me. Uh, 115 episodes, Hockey to Hell and Back. I think we're close to 200. If you count Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery, we're like nine away, I think. Um, Listen, this is where it all started for me. And I'm so grateful for everyone's support, for listening, for watching, for telling people about it. A lot has evolved from this show, but this is where it all started. And I owe so much of it to people who listen and the fantastic guests. Kevin Rain's going to be in here in a minute. He's been on before. And I know he's got a lot to update us with. And I'm super excited uh, to bring him in. If you've been following along on social media, I, I got a pretty cool opportunity to play Bobby Clark uh, in a, uh, I guess it's a mini series uh, about Biore Salming uh, and his story. Uh, and he's now battling ALS. Uh, just a tremendous opportunity. Very sad story for Biore and his family, uh, but just an incredible man. And I uh, can't wait for everybody to see the story, the way that they're portraying it. But it's pretty cool and very humbling just to be a small part of it. So, you know, again, another thing where you, you think three years ago, sitting in jail, there's no way, there's just no way this is ever going to happen. So if you're struggling, if you've gone through anything, if you feel hopeless, I hope that you can look to a guy like me and there's others, men and women who have, who have battled out of the depths of hell, whatever that may be for us as us individually, sorry. Um, But there is hope and there is a good life out there. Uh, It just doesn't happen overnight. I think that was part of the problem for me is I always wanted everything now and uh, you know, having to work for something and see it through and, and have my, (laughs) my hands in on everything. It's been, uh, it's been just enjoyable. And I think that we hear about it all the time. We're also focused on the destination, but what about the journey? I'll tell you the journey this last three years has been completely unbelievable more than a dream come true. We'll be right back with Kevin Rain after we see a quick promo from uh, True Temper Hockey, one of our main sponsors here. Flight control, testing one, two, three, three, two, one, test complete. Yeah, hey, okay, Ooh. okay, yeah. I do not miss, hey. Started from Cali and now I got bitches in Europe, they sing. Go check out True Temper Hockey on social media. Man, I get emotional. Uh, I've shared the story and maybe I'll share it again at the end of the show. But without their support, I'm not talking to my son, (laughs) Brody, who reached out to me after I was sponsored by True and got some custom sticks. My son I hadn't spoke to in seven years. That was the straw 
that essentially broke the camel's back. And since then, we've been able to, you know, stay connected for the last three months talking. And, um, you know, there's just so much more that goes into that. But without their support, and listen, they had nothing to gain. I had like 900 followers. I was nothing but a liability <laughs> to them. And they saw what I was doing. They're like, hey, we want to help you. We want to support you. And uh, for that, I will always be forever grateful. Uh, great people, great products. And uh, without their support, I have no idea where I would be as far as coaching. I mean, I didn't have sticks, skates, couldn't afford that. So thank you to everyone at True Hockey. All right. I don't want to keep the man waiting. He's in Belfast. That's why we're doing this at 1 p.m. Otherwise, it'd be like 4 a.m. for him. Return guest, good friend of mine, somebody that I admire and respect so much. Um, currently playing for the Belfast Giants. Founder of Personal Best Hockey. And honestly, somebody I look up to. Let's just get him in here. My man, Kevin Rain. There he Great. is. What's going on, man? Oh, man. Uh, lots, right? Lots is going on. Lots of good stuff. But, man, life is uh, life's still hard, man. Life's still a struggle. How about yourself? Yeah, totally agree. I uh, want to thank you for uh, this special 1 o'clock time slot there. Dude, um, you could have – listen, Rainer, you could have told me 1 a.m. I would have been there. I would've, we would have we been doing this anytime, man. You're, I'm just happy to have you, dude. It's an honor. Man, so excited and long overdue. Uh, I told it to you before. I'll say it again. If you were to tell me that the next time we were speaking that you'd be without a muzzy and I would have one, I'd say no way. But here we are. And, uh, you know, you're you're starting fresh. You'll catch me soon enough. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, some amazing uh, updates uh, that in your, in your uh, you know, while I was waiting for the tap for my first shift there, uh, you know, the reconnection with family and, like, and all the, the stuff, man, like, we have so much that I don't think we'll be able to cover it all today. Um, you've you've grown your hair out and cut it in half. I grew mine, cut it all off here. Like, you know, it's been. I don't. When was that? The last episode we did together was I was over over a year ago. I would say. I would say what yeah. what uh, what do you want to cover? What what where do you want to take this? Like, take well, me, man. I, I think I think just give everyone a bit of an update on where you're at. Uh, I know people know you're playing for the Belfast Giants, and you know I never had a chance to go over there, but I, from all accounts, it just seems like an unbelievable place to play the league, the the, the way it's set up, and uh, how's that experience been for you? And I know that there was a maybe before we get into it, you were thinking about hanging them up, so. You're back there. You're back in the grind. And uh, how are you doing? Yeah, definitely. Um, doing well. Belfast obviously has a huge draw for me. I love the city. I love the fans. I love the organization. Uh, love the community I've been able to build through uh, personal best and through uh, getting involved more in the community because of it. Um, when we last spoke, uh, I was I was in that teaching role. I was at the school. I did the interview in the school. And uh, yeah, I was very much contemplating what was next. And, uh, you know, what led to taking that year off and landing in that role was a conversation with the brass here to say, uh, you know, hey, like if I take a year off, you know, stay close to home, I don't want to go somewhere, get shut down midseason again. You know, what are your thoughts on me staying home? Can I kind of, you know, or, or would you as an organization expect me to go elsewhere, wherever that may be to stay sharp, go play? Uh, but they were kind of like, oh, you know, you're, you're in your prime. We trust you. We know, we know enough about your character and the fact that you won't come back out of shape. Uh, yeah. You know, take that year off, stay close to home. That's probably what's best. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm, I'm back in Belfast. That was last season. And so we didn't even speak last season. 
And now here I am again, finished last season with a bit of an injury that again, I mean, just so many times where it's like, what's next? What's going on? What, you know, what should be considered here? And, you know, after recovering from my injury that I, I finished the season with, I, I had that play as long as you can play mm -hmm. as long as you can going for me. And yeah. so I'm back. And, um, yeah, that's a, that's a quick summary. Quick. Well, that's, that's okay. We can dive into that more. I love that. I love that you had the, the little, little bird in your same play as long as you can. And I think, I think if that's what you're, you're, you know, you're telling yourself, that means that at some level you're still having fun and enjoying it. Right. And I think that's what it comes down to. And, um, that's something I wish I would have been able to play longer, obviously, uh, because at the end of the day, regardless if you're Sidney Crosby, Wayne Gretzky, or me or you, we all end up playing the same place eventually. It's either men's leagues or charity games, right? Like after mm -hmm. your pro career is done, that's that's basically where it ends. And so getting to play uh, and do something you love for so long, and, and I would just echo those words, keep playing, man, keep going as long as you're having fun, because what an opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's the same message from everybody you speak to, right? Yeah. It's 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 the guys who went into retirement willingly that thought, oh man, like you know, I, I could have had a couple more years. It's the guys who were forced into retirement who kind of had the door slammed on them, and, and it's the same message every time because ultimately, it's something that is dependent on your youth, your ability, you know, things that fade. And I mean, if you're healthy and you're able, and and you know, in a position, I guess, like myself, where um, you know, it's not, I don't have any kids on board, right. The, the added responsibilities that may be like, okay, I gotta, gotta really secure something here. Uh, those aren't there yet. Those, I don't have a mortgage at home that I'm like, oh man, like I gotta make sure that's secured. I'm pretty, pretty free, so to speak. You know what I mean? So I'm, uh, I'm being grateful for, for being able to continue. Playing. Love it. I love that. So when you go to the rink every morning, and, and I'll just kind of put things into perspective, there was a, for the vast majority of my my career, right from junior and my short days as a pro, um, I lost that gratitude, you know? Like, the, I, I really took being a hockey player for granted. It, you know, like, oh, I got to go to practice today. Got to work out. Like, I don't, like that, there was days when that was my, it wasn't that I was necessarily ungrateful, but I think it had a lot to do with my mental health where I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling great and uh, that that kind of came out in in everything and obviously hockey was was one of those things so how is it for you after all these years when you got to go to the rink every single day i know it might change from day to day but are you able to get yourself in a place where it's like hey you know what i'm playing pro hockey right now and uh this is pretty awesome yeah i uh i totally understand the loss of that perspective as well because there's been no doubt times during my career where you know and I, and I made a post very recently that i've actually made a full blog post uh to elaborate on further um you know and the the post essentially was like i used to cuss every morning you know at some point i realized that when i would wake up the first thing i'd, I'd do is roll over and be like fuck or like oh shit, right and then, you know, even back that up, well, it's like, I'm not going to bed till two in the morning, three in the morning. I might, might've gone out, might've stayed in, might've watched multiple episodes of whatever show doesn't matter. Um, all because there was this dread for the next day that because you didn't sleep was compounded in the morning. So you're waking up, you, you haven't rested and you're dreading the day. And then you make your way through it. You fight through it or you, you go to the rink and you know, whatever it is, you're, you know, 
facing or not facing in that day kind of repeats and it's just such a vicious cycle. Um, but so I've, I've been in that, like no doubt, uh, in different occasions, uh, including in Belfast, you know what I mean? Cause I, I didn't have a, a healthy perspective. I didn't have healthy habits. I, I wasn't taking care of myself. I, you know, and I, I kind of lost it. Right. I lost, lost the, 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 the view of what was important or what I should be grateful for or what I really do have and was just in this total like state of, you know, call it lack where uh, this, that, this, that, the other, rather than like, well, what about these good, ah, not good enough. Like nothing's good enough in that headspace. But so, yeah, I can totally understand the like both sides of it and really lucky to be on the other side of it now. You know. Yeah, and I think that's a, something that's lost on a lot of people who haven't experienced pro hockey or even junior hockey on any level is that I think people are like, well, how can it not be fun? You get to play a game, but there's so much more that goes into that. The grind, you have to go from zero to 100, back to zero to 100. Uh, you, you're talking about waking up and rolling over and going, oh, fuck. Like how many of those mornings when you said that where is your body just in such immense pain from the night before, whether a game or whatever, where you're, you're literally just going like, Oh, like, you know, it feels good in a sense, but at some point, like it, it just where it's taxing. It's so mm -hmm. taxing. There's, there's so many other stories that play too, right? You know, I am playing hockey for a living. That's amazing. But then am I where I want to be in my career? Not really. I'm in minors or I'm in Belfast and my ultimate goal is to be in the NHL, right? How far away is that when I'm in the East coast hockey league? Right. Or when I'm fighting for a spot and in come the new wave of rookies and you're kind of like, oh, man, like I'm 25, 26 and like looks like the 18 year olds are really getting a look and they are right? they're invested in, and you know, me at the time maybe wasn't like there's so many different things at play. You're ultimately not where you want to be in your career playing professional hockey the way you idealized it as a kid was. You're a Stanley Cup champion, you're a Hall of Famer, you're rich, you've set up your family, you've done all these things. And man, like, you know, I, I know for a fact that uh, a big part of what I've had to do is to stop, to stop comparing myself to that, like that guy, that imagined, idealized guy of who, like, I've been aiming at since I was six or five or four, or, you know, I don't know when that comes into play. But so then you're in this pro hockey journey. You, you're you're coming up short. You're not there. You're not you're not where you want to be. And so then you start hating where you are. You start blaming yourself for being there, and you know you've your trajectory hasn't gone the way you wanted to, and you're beating the hell out of yourself for it. You know those are that's a lot of different stories. And so hey, yeah. you must love it down there. It must be great. It's like you're not. You're not considering all the things I'm thinking about, all the things I've dreamt up and all the pressure I've placed on myself to ultimately not even accept the position I'm in and yeah. to actually like hate it in some cases. And 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 you played uh, a few years consecutively in the American Hockey League. Like you were uh, you were a regular in the A and that to me is still the, the closest to the NHL you're going to get. I don't care if you play in the DEL or the SHL or the KHL. To me, the, the next step is the AHL. Like for me anyways, I'm not saying that it's better than any of those leagues or whatever. I just think in comparison. So you're right there. And 
you know, uh, it, it's a grind. Like the A is a grind. A lot of people don't realize riding the bus and all the, the travel, it's hard. But at least when you're in the A, you're like, oh, it's I'm just one call away. Just one call away, right? And then all of a sudden that can kind of fade. And though, yes, you're still playing pro hockey, I totally understand. And that's uh, that's a really um, tough thing for, for people to grasp. It, it starts to play, like you said, in your own mind, um, self-doubt, uh, disappointing our own expectations, um, how has that been for you over the years? Like maybe take us back to when you made the decision to go to Europe in the first place. Cause you've been over in Belfast for what? This is this your fourth or fifth season, right? This is my fifth season in fifth, six yeah. years here. And, um, yeah, I mean, um, so yeah, I guess, you know, up until the age of 20, you're playing junior and, and everyone's going to the NHL <laughs> junior, right? You got guys that have their draft status and, you know, I went in as a, as a, uh, as a free agent to camp as, as a 20 year old. And so I was, I was do or die. And so I went into camp flying and, you know, I, I got a contract. I was a free agent and I, I got an offer and mission accomplished. Um, but then, um, you know, again, it's, it's, uh, you're, you're excited for that, that short little bit. I've done what I had to do, but then you're still so far away from where you want to be. And then because you're telling yourself, and you're looking at things so negatively, anything that confirms that negativity, you, you, you bring on board, you bring on board, right? I remember very vividly having a conversation with somebody at home during, it might've been my first or second year uh, in the American League. And just like you're saying, you're so close, man. You're one league away, you're a phone call away. And I, and I was like, honestly, man, I'm, I'm scratched at the American League level. That puts me at eight, you know, I'm the 15th, 16th defenseman for the LA Kings right now. And they were like, right. And I'm, and that was my perspective. I wasn't sitting there going, yeah, I am close. And you know, I, I'm going to develop and I'm going to take my opportunities that I get. And I'm going to really make this happen. I was just defeated being that far away. And that's how I framed it. Um, I, I came to Belfast after three years of North American pro hockey. Um, and I think I, I, I'd still not stopped comparing myself to who I thought I should be or who I wanted to be. But I also gave up on that idealized version of myself by, you know, I'm trying to make the NHL. You're not doing that in Belfast. Right. And so, you know, mind you, this is all kind of happening. And I had to learn I've done this right through that entire time and through the misery that was my time in North America. You know, I didn't have the awareness or I didn't have the knowledge to be able to shoot straight with myself to be like, you're angry about this. You're, you're not cutting your, yourself enough slack here and you, and you've, you've got it kind of wrong. You kind of got some work to do eh? and like maybe lay off the booze a little bit, kid, you know, but then it took coming to Belfast and being really challenged in, in my identity, right. As a person, as a hockey player, um, you know, the, the hockey player that I wanted to be, who I've embodied this whole time is this, isn't the NHL that I can compare myself to. So there's, there's something very, there's a disconnect there. Right. And so I'm miserable, right. Cause I'm in Belfast and yeah, I might have a good game, but like, whatever, it's not like where I was hoping to be. Right. And so you don't give yourself credit where you should be because you just, dude, you're, you're never going to be the $9 million guy. You're never going to make that much money. You're never going to get there because that's not your reality. That's not what's happening for you. And that's okay. But 
I've only told myself that very recently. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's a, that's a real tough one. And I think it comes in many different forms too. And, and, and I certainly can relate to that where I've, I, it just recently, even though I haven't played pro hockey for over 10 years, I'm just accepting that now too, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm able to be like, okay, well, this is, that wasn't my trajectory for whatever reasons, yada, yada, yada. And being able to accept that, um, though there was years of misery and I thought I would never get over it. I'd never want to put my skates on again. I never want to do anything, but having the the wherewithal to, to accept that being able to accept it, I think more than anything, um, until I was able to do that, I wasn't able to like close that door and move forward. Like I just, I wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to kind of just rewind there and you can touch on it as much or as little as you want. Or we can, you said maybe lay off the booze a little bit, kid. Tell me a little bit more about that. That's when you're playing in the A. Like, is that what, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. In the American league, I, you know, cause, and this is a, you know, conversation that I, again, didn't know what I was doing at the time, but yeah. You know, um, when you're when you're playing hockey, regardless of where you're playing, you know, you typically practice in the morning, work out shortly after, and that might leave you with 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, and commonly that's not used appropriately. It sure wasn't by me. Even in uh, junior, man. Even in junior, right from oh. junior, it's not used appropriately. All the time we wasted, I, well, I I know we did on the Western League. I'm sure it was the same. Just complete waste of time, complete yeah. waste of time doing nothing but uh, bad, bad things. Sorry, keep going there, Rainer. Yeah, no, I mean, just what are we gonna do? And you know, if you're, you know, and there's the video games and the social media and the Netflix and the whatever else. But I mean, if you don't have an aim outside of what you're doing within hockey just because it's you know it's an hour a day realistically two hours a day other than that you're eating right which is you know but if you're again this it's if you're watching all the netflix well you might not be eating right and if you're drinking well then you're definitely not eating right it's just all all these things that once you decide to pick one work at one the other things are further encouraged can i hop in for a sec did you uh did you find that you were drinking more in pro than junior like what was it like for you in junior versus when you get to pro and was it a combination of your own kind of mental health or struggles um was it a you know being with the guys more and and that like what was that like for you as the progression for for drinking like if you look back at it now the biggest difference i can see at least in trying to recall it is that in junior it was all for the boys for the boys right it wasn't that i was going and there was nobody there it was that everyone was out and that was our like chance to go, so to speak, where, you know, you go to the pro level and there's a lot more opportunities where it's me and one guy and nobody knows that we're there. And, and I mean, that's fine. Everybody has the, the full license to operate however they want to. But, you know, in being honest with how I was operating back then, you know, it was it was the team events as well as eight o'clock, haven't done anything all day, like why not? Might as well. So it's a, it's a half boredom thing, but it's also like, a, I can't stand myself for another, however many hours, like I've done literally nothing. Like I have to remove myself from this environment to go like, just be in public. Right. And how nice is it to like get to speak to people or, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, going talking to girls or whatever, whatever your program is at the time. Um, 
but you know, I ultimately kind of realized that the drinking was me not being able to spend time with myself. It was the, the difference was, do I want to go out and have some beers and have some drinks, maybe have some fun, or do I want to stay here and definitely be miserable? You know, where in junior, it was a social thing where in pro it was an escape. And so, I mean, when you start, you know, exercising that more and more frequently, it's just, I mean, it's not doing any good. Right. And leading into the, I cuss every morning. Well, why I was out all night. Well, why? Because I couldn't stand myself. Well, why? Cause I'm wasting all my time. Well, why? Right. And it's just a big snowball effect. And it's tough too. Right. Because I, I know for me, like even I've shared this a few times where first time I ever did ecstasy, like for example, like I, that was something I was never going to do, but I was at this uh, country music festival and there was a bunch of older people there and guys I looked up to guys that had played world juniors guys that played in the NHL like younger guys but they had games and they had contracts and they were all partying doing this stuff and I'm like I remember like thinking to myself like whoa <laughs> like what like I had no idea my whole life I was like okay well maybe drinking and junior I never really saw any drugs I you know I never saw anyone do drugs to be honest during the season anywhere I played I'm sure that's not the same for everybody but that summer and i'm seeing these guys that i looked up to and i'm like well this it looks like it's kind of fun looks like they're handling it okay and it just sort of seems like it's part of and same with the drinking i remember you know even being in uh norfolk's training camp in the age it was just training camp and guys were getting obliterated like during training camp and, mm -hmm. and there i am 21 and and struggling and so what do you do like you guys do you want to come out i didn't really want to go um but you're not going to go. You're not going to drink with the boys, like trying to fit in with the group and everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's it's tough navigate or waters to navigate, and then you you compound that with everything that you're talking about, right? It, your perspective of being the 15th, 16th D man in the LA. Looking at that now, fuck, that's pretty good, right? Like, mm -hmm. but, but in, at the time, I understand where you're coming from with that for sure. And and you know, you're away from home, your first year pro, first couple of years pro. It's tough. It's really mm -hmm. tough. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you got to use your time wisely and you got to differentiate between what, uh, you know, you got to differentiate between whether the guys are getting together or whether they're out to, you know, really do it. And, you know, cause I definitely encourage like guys on teammates and whatever you get together and you have that fun. But when, it, when it becomes so repetitive, consistent, expect that it's, it's just kind of a slippery slope. I have a, a kind of a question too, or just uh, I kind of want to float this by. We talked about like time wasted, junior pro. I think about the the time wasted in junior hockey and and the amount of time that could be spent building um, guys like ourselves, players up outside of hockey, right? Like you're talking about two hours a day is your your life in hockey on a non game day. And I, I can only speak for myself. I had no idea really who I was or what I liked or, or any of that because I was just so hockey, hockey, hockey. And I often wonder, like, what if there was an opportunity for guys to explore themselves outside of just being a hockey player? Because I feel like when, when I was playing, it was like you couldn't even talk about anything other than hockey because you're not all in. What are you? You're not focused. You're not thinking about the game. You're not thinking about the practice. Like, well, what if I just like to do other stuff, but I can come play hockey too? And because eventually we're not going to be hockey players anymore and we're going to have to find that anyways. I just feel like there's so much time wasted sitting around, driving around, chewing, chasing girls, 
whatever it was. And I think to myself, like, if I'm a parent, like I am, and I'm sending my kid away to play major junior hockey and knowing what I know and how my time was spent and how little, seriously, how little um, supervision we had aside from being home for curfew, right? Mm -hmm. As long as you're home for curfew, nobody knows what the hell you're doing until curfew. Mm -hmm. Like there's just a lack of supervision. I, I wonder, you know, as a parent, like, do I really want to send my child away to play junior hockey? Like uh, that's, you know, mm -hmm. I think the, I think the answer is yes, because there's more good that than bad, but I just mm -hmm. think there's a, there's a huge component missing the human yeah. element, like the human element. Yeah. I, uh, I'm unsure of exactly where to take this because I have a lot of thoughts. Um, but yeah, I guess, get, I guess starting with the parent thing. Um, if I'm a parent, I, I might be fearful of sending my child to go play junior hockey, especially given the way that say hockey Canada is being painted right now. And I think that you've been very vocal about, um, uh, your thoughts on that. And I think that we can definitely put brains together on that. I'm definitely willing to speak on that. Um, I think there's a lot going on there. Um, but I think, uh, you know, one of uh, the things that I felt very strongly about in my time in say the school, right. During my time at the school, you know, school used to be that the, the parents and the teachers were on the same team, right? Little Johnny goes home, has a an F on his on his paper, and the parent then goes to the teacher and says, hey, or, or goes to their child, says, what are you doing? Right? What's going on here? What, let's 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 fix this. But now it's Johnny comes home with an F, and mom or dad gets on the phone, writes an email, hammering at the teacher, right? And so something shifted. Something shifted where it's no longer the parent or the the adults cooperating. It's the child and the, the parent have created a little team and they stick together no matter what. But so they put themselves say against the teacher. And so now the teacher can't win. And so, you know, the schools are in a very interesting situation right now because how do they hold accountability? Cause well, if you're any way of direct or, uh, you know, authoritative or disciplinary, well, there's no real room for that because the parents will never support you. Right? The parents will then object to that and object to that. And, you know, then they're giving out grades, giving out passes. And, you know, the kids kind of get scot off, right? They get off scot-free. But so now these this generation of, of school kids who have been told they can get whatever they want, have been shown they can get whatever they want, haven't been given that moral ground foundation to then venture off on their own where you got a lot to learn. Right now you wind up in junior hockey, your 16 year old doesn't know what's going on. And the only way they're going to learn what's going on is based off of what that generation of players also learned. Well, and did they know anything when they came in? I don't know. We're, we're, a, we're a, a team that is turned over generationally every four years. And we measure each other based off of how many girls we bang, how big a shoes we throw, how many beers we drink, who's got the coolest story. And so now when you're trying to figure out who drinks the most, who's got the coolest story and you're competitive in all areas, but now you're competitive in a sexual space. No wonder it's getting dangerous. No wonder there's, there's been lines crossed. No wonder that, you know, kids have gone in 
unprepared because behind every kid that goes away to play hockey and does something that is now appearing in in the hockey canada news front with all these sexual assault allegations is a parent or a mother going not him he'd never it's like well did you set him up appropriately was he does he know right from wrong or did you let a group of 16 to 20 year olds decide for him what was right or wrong they didn't decide what was right or wrong they decided what was funny or what was cool that's very dangerous super um, dangerous i think i i went totally off went oh totally dude off you're you're i wanted to cut you off with this because because you're on it and you make a ton of you make a ton of great points i just want to get to one comment quick Stuart smith watching says kevin really appreciate you you're willing to share so openly your message will connect with someone that is struggling to give them hope take care um you know there's a lot of people that uh, there's a lot of junior hockey players that listen to this mostly on the bus. Um, and you know, I think there's, there's so much just to take from what you said there, um, that they can learn from. Um, but it, it's such a great point and I've kind of said it differently, but I really like the way you said it. I, I forget how you said it there, but it's the generational every four years, there is no, there has never really been an opportunity, uh, for that culture to shift because, how many guys go away at 16 with little to no sexual experience, little to no drinking experience. Um, you know, you're moving away from home, no supervision all of a sudden, basically. And you talk about being competitive, wanting to fit in too, uh, trying to be accepted by the group. You start to do things that maybe you never think you, you would do, but it just all becomes, it seeming, it seems so normal like I remember like thinking to myself, like, oh, like, well, I don't know, is maybe this is just the way it is. It's normal. And after a while, it just becomes so normal that you, you have such a skewed vision. I, I've said this so many times, but I cannot tell you how many times over the years when I was playing hockey, there would be we'd be out with a couple guys, hockey guys or whatever, and around some non-hockey guys, and people would be like, What's wrong with you, hockey players? <laughs> like, mm. what's wrong with you guys? Like, you guys are you guys are different. Like it's mm. just and I don't know. The whole Hockey Canada thing is, is for me, I'm not looking to blame any one person because there's things that I've done. I've, I've been really honest about it. Nothing criminal, but things that I, as a parent now too, and as an adult, I'm like, wow, that was, that definitely wasn't right. And not something I would ever put myself in that position ever again. Right. Um, but again, not enough education. And you talk about parents and the accountability, I think the, the common theme is when you send your kid away to play hockey, that you, the trust level, at least in the past, was, I don't even know if it's a trust level is the right word, Rainer. It's the fact that the, the dream <laughs> is worth so much more than anything else. Who cares about all the other things? You're going to go play in the best junior hockey league in the world. Maybe you're going to play in the NHL and whatever else happens. We, we don't even think about all the other stuff. At least I didn't. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Mm. Yeah, no, you make a great point. It all kind of ties together in, in the way that, you know, similarly to how much time you waste. Well, why are you wasting so much time? It's because the only thing that matters is hockey. It's the only thing I, I'm, I identify as. It's the only thing I care about. It's the only thing I know. Well, and so that matched with like, oh, so like, what do you know about like how to appropriately behave in XYZ situations? It's like, well, I... I only spend my time with these guys in these situations in a dressing room where we're all cruising around naked. And like, that's not a, like a, 
It's not an environment. That's not a, like a normal environment. And so you're learning from that environment and not placing yourself in another. And so you're so overexposed to this and that's what's given you the, you know, now you're outside of the hockey dressing room or the circle and they're going, what's up with you guys? And like, I think maybe the answer is like, well, we spend too much time together in unique situation on this high horse of ours because we're the best and we're all going to the NHL and we've got no opportunity to place ourselves in a situation where we lack that entitlement or don't have that same entitlement or or feeling of being so right and so above and where we're able to then learn about how maybe to fill the rest of our afternoon or how to behave in those different situations or what is right and what is wrong rather than just what is how things are happening in the dressing room you know no, it's, you know, what it did it for me was obviously I was removed from hockey for, for many, many years. Um, but going to jail, so three years in jail, the difference in mentality in a jail versus a hockey dressing room, like showers, everything, like you're showering behind a curtain, you're not walking around, nobody wants to see you naked, which is fine. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's just a totally different way of like, people were like, oh, like, I don't know, where hockey was just so like, I don't know, man. It's it's really hard to explain, but beha- I it took me being removed from it and then brought back. And even just recently, I don't want to talk about how recent or where, but I was in a situation in a dressing room around a bunch of pro guys, and and uh, you know, it wasn't for a hockey thing necessarily, but just in that meant that that uh, that group setting. Um, I even said to I even said to my girlfriend, I was like, like. <laughs> That was messed up. Like I haven't been in that environment for a while. And that was like, that was kind of uncomfortable. Like it made me uncomfortable. Some of the stuff that was happening. Whereas before I may have even been the one doing all that stuff, being the ringleader of that stuff, just trying to be funny, trying to whatever. But now I'm like, Whoa, like guys coming up, grabbing my ass and doing this. And I'm like, Whoa, man, like, you know, like, no, it's just all for fun. But for, Mm -hmm. Like, is that really normal behavior? Like, I don't know. And just sort of the the homosexual comments and the everything. And, you know, for me, I think, you know, as somebody who was sexually abused as a kid, like there's a lot of that stuff that could be triggering. Like I was sharing a story with her, my girlfriend too yesterday. When I was in junior, I'm not going to say where, you pick three teams that I played in. We did jump around, like very common, as you know, jump around. And then we did this thing where everyone does a dance move. And I was, you know, I was pretty young. And uh, there was two guys and one guy stood up on a chair, pulled his pants down. And the other guy came and licked his testicles. Like that was before a game, right? In junior hockey, like literally minutes before putting our gear on. And that was, you know, and everyone's laughing, but for someone like me who saw that, right? Like that was pretty triggering for me, right? Like, so there's, there's certain things where like maybe for everyone else, that was just funny. It's just completely messed up in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, I handled that differently. Like that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've yeah. never seen it happen anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm imagining things that I saw. I didn't, I, I think that when I reflect on my time as a, as both pro as well as a junior hockey player, I, I got pretty lucky. I think that I was like a generation away, you know, the four year generation. I was like maybe a generation away from from stuff that was making headlines in a time where social media was just coming into play. So it was like, whoa, 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 we got to like get ahead of everything. And so I think I was lucky in that way. 
when I hear that story, I'm imagining, you know, that, you know, speaking to that competitiveness, that who's the funniest, that, you know, that's watching that develop to such a degree where, you know, you thinking about those guys, you could probably list other things that all kind of got them there, right? And so these yeah. guys were pushing the boundaries, competing to be funnier, competing to be crazier, wilder, uh, which then, you know, might also translate into who's doing more drinking, who's doing more drugs, who's having exactly. more sex. It's the same, it's the same thing. It's the same com competition that's happening in the way that they're choosing to compete. So it doesn't blow my mind, you know, and I'm not saying that it's, uh, it's cool or right or even funny, but you know, you would have seen those guys do stuff leading up to that yeah. so that by the time it happens, it was like, but also kind of expected. Exactly. You, know, you nailed it. Like, I think of maybe the crazy stuff I've seen and you'd have that guy that like squatting naked, right? Just for a laugh, right? Yeah. Everyone's in the middle of a workout. We're all in the gym. One guy's, you know, you know, guys tarps off or whatever, like, you know, the egos are flying and the boys are going or whatever. Hey, sure. Uh, that's that like uh, that competition that we expect to see in a healthy way, in a maybe more of a macho way, whatever you want to call it. But then you got this guy like, I don't do well in that realm. So I'm going to be in this realm that is weird and where maybe nobody else is competing with me, but I'm getting a hell of a lot of attention. And so that worked for him. And so then, you know, the, again, similar to your friend who you can, you know, tell me that story, you can definitely recount other stories. I've got other stories of that same person so that when I see that, you know, it's totally expected. It's just, ah, oh, it's just that guy and he's, I don't know, I don't know, but the boys get a kick out of it. Yeah. You're so you're so right on everything. And I'm thinking about all the things leading up to it. Just those two guys alone. Um, you know, now I'm thinking about it leading up to that. It was just this progression of, you know, getting closer and closer to that as the time went on. And actually, after that, jump around got canceled because somebody went to the coach and it wasn't me. Um, I probably should have been me at the time, but um, our jump around got canceled. Um, coach came in. He's now coaching the NHL. He's like, enough. Like, this is enough. So at least our, our coach, you know, was said like, hey, you know, like enough is enough. So they had the wherewithal to do that. But the, the, the level of competition, and 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 you make such a good point, Rainer. You're very smart. The way you can articulate and and get your point across is fantastic. Uh, like I could listen to you speak all day. That's why I wanted to give you the horn earlier. Um, it, it's very true, and that's that's the important thing is we need to look to why and how does it get to that in the first place? Like why are people acting like that? Why are guys acting like that? Um, it's really tough. So let me ask you. Um, you know, the, the culture of hockey and, and everything we're seeing in hockey Canada, what is your stance on all of that? Yeah. I mean, at the simplest, it's, it's boys leading boys, right? Lord of the flies, right? Like it's just, it's, uh, you know, I, I can't speak to how much I knew or didn't know at the age of 20 when I was in that leadership role. Right. And I can't say that I knew how to appropriately lead. I think that I was doing it in a way that was more setting an example and, um, you know, maybe 
holding a little bit more integrity or whatever you want to call it. I think that I was a good leader to the then 16 year old, but I don't know that everyone was, but I think it's because they were taught by boys and they were still boys. And so there's no men teaching the youngsters how to then become one, right? You got a 20 year old who's you know, very sexually experienced, um, you know, been around the whole five years um, is everything's a joke and everything's a, about being a beauty and everything's about like, Oh, what story you got, right? That's 16 year old man. Like unless they got that foundation at home and the added support around them, you know, maybe they are a man at 16. Maybe they have been given all those values and that education and that like, you know, the, the teaching as to understanding how to compete and in where, what what areas to actually compete in rather than show up blind be like oh like that's that's a sport sex is a sport oh okay like i guess i better like come with a story it's like ah oh, shit right like how did that happen well it's like the kid didn't know right and the kid was led to believe and you, you think about how early men are maybe taught that you know we'll, we'll use the term sex is a sport right it's like how early do we are we led to believe that this might be the case, right? So you imagine, imagine like the, the stick boy in any dressing room you've ever been in. Hey, you got a girlfriend yet? Oh, you do. What do you guys got to? What does that suggest? What does yeah. that imply? What is that? Well, he's yeah. sitting there like, you kiss her, you kiss her. And no, but now I think I have to. So yeah. that you give me a high five or a fist bump or whatever. That kid's very impressionable. But that doesn't happen especially by elite level hockey players that he's a stick boy for, right? Right. Well, and and, you know, it's it's not just it's not just uh, uh, a hockey player to a stick boy. This is no, yeah, you're right. You know, Uncle So and So to little Johnny go over to hey, what's going on, kid? You you got a girlfriend yet? Oh, why not? You kidding me? When I was your age, right? It's like, at what age were we taught, and where did we learn that like, you know, getting girls was cool? Like that's a problem, right? But it's, it doesn't. It's not. It happens in simple ways that are very big, like the the way of the stick room. Hey, you got a girlfriend yet? Like, just this implying that he you should. should be speaking to girls, talking to girls, having sex with girls. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? Yeah. Oh, I didn't say anything wrong. Yeah, you didn't. But now that there's the seed that's planted, and now, you know, how's that kid gonna behave? How is that? impression going to be left on that kid and how many more comments similar to that that then become really aggressive now you're a 16 year old coming into the dressing room you've been the stick boy you've had those like little comments those like g-rated comments those like cute ones but now you've got a 20 year old going hey i saw you talking to that girl did you fuck her last night and that's like and if you say no i guess i should i guess i better start oh shit and then you're listening and you're you're watching that 20 year old who's got this story and that story and this story and that story and all the oh yeah oh, oh, oh it's all just a big elbow bumping right and then similar to the guy in the squat rack there's somewhere that those stories have to go and that's more dangerous and more frequent and more you know and that's that's why we're seeing what's happened you know what i mean yeah you're um, very you're very right. And the other the other point to it too is that I've seen 
in my just my experience uh, through junior, I've seen where 15, 16 year olds have come in wet, wet between behind the ears, like zero. They come from small town Saskatchewan or Manitoba or wherever, and probably never even kissed a girl, you know, never drank super respectful, kind, had a really good upbringing, great parents, and they show up and now they're like getting made fun of because they're a nerd and they're a geek. And then all of a sudden a month later, they're not talking like they used to talk. They're not acting like they used to act. And I I, I often want to ask parents, like, send your kid away from Major Junior and and try to keep keep tabs on on the change in behavior over the the course of months and years, the way they talk, the way they act, the way they're doing things. So I think there's a huge responsibility that lies on the parents for raising kids, right? There's absolutely no doubt. I think, I think everyone needs to do a better job at that. And by that, I mean, education, I mean, talking about things like alcohol, drugs, sex, all the stuff that never wants to get talked about. Guess what? We're going to be faced to make those choices eventually in our lives. So let's set let's set people up for for making the right choice. But the other side of it is when you get into that situation, regardless of who you are, and you're moved away from home and you're 16 and you think you're going there to live your dream and it's just about hockey. And then the next thing you know, you're getting made fun of because you're a virgin or this or that, or you don't want to drink or and it can it can destroy people. I I know people myself that have. You know, they showed up to the WHL, like I just told you, never drank, never did. And then they left absolute disasters and they're still Mm. struggling. Mm. Just thrown into a situation that they're totally unprepared for, not having enough tools going into the situation and being totally rocked by, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot more going on at the same time. It's a, it's a, the time of age, that time period is very interesting time, like a lot changing you're away from home, you are away from, you know, the nest, so to speak. And you're just, you don't have the tools to either know what's right already or to determine what is right at the time. So it's like, it's, we have to teach the kids what's worth competing over, where the competition lies, where it doesn't, where integrity is, is preferred or or required, right? Where like being able to say no is appropriate and where, you know, what is worth mentioning is mentioned to hopefully the parent, right? I got to think that if I'm sending a 16 year old away, I'm going to say, Hey, listen, all right, you're ready for this, but like, there's going to be some shit. And I, I, I want to hear about it. I want me to be your person that you can like put all the shit on so that we can figure it out. And if, Hey, whatever, I don't need you. Don't go to the, whatever, don't go here. We can sort this out. I want to be your person. You know, I want to have that trust. I want to be able to be that person. But then, um, you know, more more in place to echo those messages once you arrive, right? And more pulse and more eyes on what is happening. And, you know, whatever is presented is less of a click through online and more of a connection that is to be made. Absolutely. And so I think that, you know, the, the likes of yourself, the likes of me, the likes of anybody else willing to have these conversations, you know, because, you know, there's parents telling their kids stuff all the time. And they go, yeah, 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 yeah. But then it might not be until you and I come in and say the same thing where they're like, okay, yeah, I get it. You That's know, or it. like, or okay, I'm willing to listen now. It's not just, a, you know, my parent being a parent. It's like, this is, oh, my, my, 
my mom has somebody who agrees with her. Like, okay, that must, there must be something right here, you know? <laughs> and that's it. Lived experience, relatability, somebody who's been there and can share their experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, couple things I want to get to, and we'll have to do this again, Rainer, like sooner rather than later. And if you don't, do you have your own podcast yet? I don't. And we can, you really need talk to, about man. Why and... dude, man, when the time is right, I know there's a lot of podcasts. <laughs> you, you have so much to offer, dude. You need to be doing more of this. The, the way that you're able to articulate things, it's, it's just incredible. I want to ask you a question. So there's uh, allegedly six or seven of these players that are involved in this London scandal with Hockey Canada. And multiple others from a 2003 incident that is actually a lot worse. I'm, I'm friends with Rick Westhead and kind of got the inner workings of that. And it's just, it's not good, right? It's not good. And it's not these one or two off situations by any means. I'm sure there's a lot of people. I, I've had phone calls myself where guys are like, Hey man, I see you're talking about that. You're not gonna, you're not gonna say this and this about me. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to sell anybody down the river. I just want to talk about what's happened so that we can make, make a decision because at the end of the day, I don't, like, like I said earlier, it, it kind of felt normal. So my two questions are what what would it have take what would it have took, sorry, for one of those seven or one of those six to stand up and say, hey, no, this isn't right. And the mm -hmm. second part of it is, what are your thought process on one at least one of these six or seven just coming forward and saying, Hey, listen, <laughs> I was there. I was involved. I'm not proud. And then maybe everyone else can follow suit because at the end of the day, if I'm one of those players. That's what I would like, dude, honesty and accountability has changed my life, right? I made mistakes and, and things happened and things I'm not proud of, um, but owning them gave me my life back. These players are going to have to watch, look over their shoulders for the rest of their lives. And it's only a matter of time until people find out. And if they come out after, after they're caught and say, oh, look, well, I'm sorry, or I'm this or I'm that. Like, what's your what's your take on that? What would it take for one of those players to stand up? And what's your stance on at least one of them coming forward? Yeah, I think, you know, I I have to say that in these instances, I'm not totally clear on the details. I know that there was, you know, obviously a victim and there was hockey players involved. And I can only imagine based off of what we know what that looked like. Um, in saying that, you know, these the people have to be held accountable, right? We can't, this can't happen. This can't continue. I have to say that. And I think that in what I voiced previously, I didn't, this, I didn't say, I didn't place any blame. I tried not to place any blame. I don't look to do that until it's necessary. And in this case, you know, there's, there's gotta be people held accountable. And I think that in the case of this, that, you know, these, these pe people have a chance to, you know, put things right in the way of coming forward. Um, you know, you can't understate how much courage that takes or how hard that is or how unwilling you'd be to do that, especially if you've behaved in a deceitful manner up until this point, right? If, if I, if I did that to begin with, thought I was getting away with it, was involved in other stuff that I also think I'm getting away with. And now I'm at this place where news is coming forth. I don't know that I'm, you know, I, I think I'm still getting away with everything, right? It's like, you, you're not getting away with anything, but I don't know what it takes for those people to come forward. Uh, I think that, you know, you'd like to see it. You'd like to see some accountability and some remorse and some, um, you know, apology, I guess. Um, I don't know that we will, will see it. Um, 
your other question you had baked in there was something along the lines of what would it have taken to be the person to like come forward and stand up in that instance. That's tough. That's tough too. You know, I, I'm imagining myself at that time, um, you know, especially as a younger guy, um, I, I would have been able to run away. I would have been able to, to be like, this is fucked up. Like I gotta go. And you know, like I, I, I can imagine that I can't imagine myself being like, this is wrong. And you guys, and Hey, like this stops now. Cause I'm scared that they're going to turn on me and well, yeah. you know, I, my, what to do when you're trying to fit in? Well, you try to fit in, but it is trying to fit in since all well, it's this bad shit everyone's doing. Right. And so it's, it's hard, it's hard to do it. And it's hard for, you know, surely in that scenario, there were people leading it and there were people that were there like, what the fuck is going on? And yeah. who either, you know, maybe, maybe there were some that left. Maybe there are some that like, fuck sakes i knew that was happening that night and i like haven't done fucking thing and it might be those guys that are like freaking out more right i was on that team i knew that there was some fucked up shit and i heard some fucked up stories but like what do you do with that like i, I, I know do i rat out all my teammates do i like be that guy do i whatever like you know i i the fear, the level of fear that is all beyond the fact of this is happening and it's wrong it's it's similar you know it's it you know in so many cases and i spoke to you know my own experience earlier in you know the simple like oh you must be like really enjoying hockey and like what a lot it's like i i got a lot uh, there's so many other things at play right hey you were there it was wrong dude there's so many other things at play and it's it's so hard and you know we tried to shape what shapes a 16 year old at the time they come into junior hockey and you realize it's it's not so simple but then it's also kind of expected if they're not armed with what they need to be armed with and so it's, it's a fucking mess it's a messy situation the whole thing right I, I would like to see somebody step forward i don't know that they will i think that there's more people that know than maybe don't know and i it, like there's just a lot of play how do we change it teach boys what they're meant to be competing over Right? Love it. Make sure that the adults are all on the same side. Make sure that integrity and respect are at the utmost rather than who's the coolest and who's gonna make it to the NHL first. And you know, it's it's there's it's a, a wrongness in what is fought over, competed over, and you just don't know. You, know. you you answered that so perfectly. Like that's exactly um, you know, I think it's it gives people a really good perspective because it's so easy for people on the outside to be like, Well, I would have you know, I would have stood up and said, no, <laughs> um, that environment is extremely challenging. And I asked you, I would have said something very, very similar. Um, my experience would have been the exact same pretty much. Um, kind of forwards me into my next one. Um, obviously, you have a lot to bring um, in, in so many facets, obviously, as a hockey player, a coach. Um, but I think you're going to really find your stride once you hang your skates up and, and you're able to venture into something that's tied to hockey, uh, maybe not so much as uh, self-centered as being the hockey player, right? Because it is, right? If you're a pro hockey player, you're, it's all about you got to take care of your body, you got to take care of And I think we all should be doing that anyways. But you've kind of taken it upon yourself to share your experience and want to make a difference in that sort of uh, where personal best has come in and uh, tell people a little bit about personal best hockey because though it's about hockey, I have a, I have a pretty great understanding that it's not just about hockey, is it, Rainer? Yeah, and you know, it's I've kind of uh, uh, tried to shed the hockey part 
in in some way or another when it came to be and it was uh, in the oven and the brainstorms were happening and i was really excited about it initially it was a means of growing the game in northern ireland um tough task not enough rinks uh you know me is uh you know more or less a, a one-man show thank god i got hope to help me with my personal best stuff shout out hope um but yeah that's a, that's a big bite and i i was uh uh not entirely understanding of just how big until i tried to do it but then you know COVID happens and uh i i get into these conversations and i start doing a few of my own and you know next thing you know there's an 11 episode series and then i join you on yours and um you know i'm looking to shave my head for mental health and that happened and you know it's the the reason personal best came to be was the hockey is for everyone banner and that was at our playoff final weekend uh i think it was 2019 and that's why i was like yeah hockey is for everyone let's bring it to belfast make sure it's for everyone and now the way it's transitioned i'm like I want personal best to be for everyone. You know, I don't want it to be just limited to hockey players and you know, hockey's great, but like, let's talk about life. You know what I mean? I got a, I got a, a, a buddy of mine in Belfast who is a main member of the, the team's official podcast. And every time we get into a meeting, you know, maybe I sign or maybe I, whatever, it'll be a nine minute interview. Be like, all right, so Rainer, anyway, you, you know, we do have to talk some hockey here. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to, let's, let's get to it. But so, yeah, I don't know, personal best, looking to encourage and support those in pursuit of their very own personal best. Everyone's at their very own stage of the game and everyone is, you know, where they're at. And to understand that and to encourage the person to take the next step rather than to envision themselves as this NHL or they're never going to be, you know, let's bring it back to our own lane, our own page. What's in front of you? What can you change? What can you tackle and what can you get better at? What are what is that? Well, it might not be hockey. Of course it might not be hockey. It could be anything. I have a list and it's, you know, if I was to sit down, it's pages long of things that I'm trying to get better at, none of which are hockey, you know. But so, yeah, i uh excited to continue with the personal best journey. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It, it's, it's the answer to all that free time I used to have. There you go. You know, it's the, it's the purpose. It's what fills my cup. It's what I get to share with others. It's the conversations I then get to have because of that. And, you know, and so what started as what it was is now what it is. And, you know, we got merch now and we got, uh, you know, the content is pumping and I, you know, emphasize that I'm getting pretty, pretty, uh, who's doing the video by the way. way. I do. Come on. Yeah, I do. Killing it. You're killing it. Good job, man. It's a grind. It's a grind, dude. It's a grind. You ask me why I don't have a podcast, and I think the answer is most simply my level of perfectionism is far too high. Yeah. I love how um, when I'm looking at your pages, get shit done, get it out, get shit done, inform the people, boom, 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 boom. And so you're getting it done. You're able to do it all where I'm like, I need like two days to work on this reel. Like, fuck off man like start getting shit done right like just get more messaging out there and like don't worry about things being so perfect and so like that's that's honestly what's taken us this long to get into this conversation because i was waiting for like a right time 
yeah, you can't do that, man. Yeah. You can't do that. There is never, ever really going to be a right time except for now. Like anybody watching, listening, you want to start, you want to do something, just do it. Um, before I forget, cause I'm forgetful. You mentioned earlier that you cut your hair for mental health. People watching, if you're listening, sorry, just Google this picture after or go check it out on YouTube, but just to give people a little bit of perspective of what Rainer was working with there. With the, that was the flow. Yeah. So tell us, tell people a little bit about that and, uh, the whole, uh, process leading up to that, why you decided to, to cut your hair, uh, where the money went and, and how that all went about. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I never typically wore it down like that. I, and when I was, you know, feeling sexy or whatever, I tried to, but it's just, it's everywhere, right? You can't. So you, you let her fly every once in a while, but then it's like, no, let's tie it up. And then the knot was like the size of a children's basketball. Like it was, it was getting nuts. But I mean, I finished my hockey season that was cut short by COVID. And even at that point, I was Zabanajet. You know what I mean? I had like, it's like, okay, this is getting any longer. And it's like, Nah, man, you gotta you gotta off with that, right? It's it's messy. Your name bar is being covered. Come on, man. But then I had the off season, didn't play again the next season, and then had the next off season. So I had 18 months of continued length from there. And I mean, that's we can't underestimate how much growth that could uh, facilitate. But so then, yeah, I uh, you know I, I always knew that I wanted to cut my hair for a reason, and given the nature of the time, it was like. What other reason is there? I know very strong people who are having a very hard time. And, you know, I, I'm a very big believer that mental health is the foundation to everything. Because if you can, you know, as well as anybody, if you can focus on yourself, build yourself up, then it is when you can get the shit done that you're doing that I get to watch you do. Right. It was only in, in taking care of yourself that you could even try to build everybody else up. Right. And now you are. It's like, holy shit. Right. And so I think it's the foundation of, of all problems, because then once people have that figured out, they get to go solve the rest of them. And so it, mental health is a no brainer for me. Uh, and so then as it was when I came back to Belfast, I uh, was able to get that done. And I, I wanted it done a little sooner. I had to practice with a bun hanging out of the back of my helmet for a couple of weeks. But then it was awesome. I got to invite my teammates to get involved with it. And so I sectioned off my hair into just as many uh, knots as what I had teammates for. And I think all my teammates got to cut off one one chunk, one strand. And then I think the last one was hope. And so uh, we got to do that after uh, after what was a kind of an exhibition type game and raised something like 5,000 pounds. And then, you know, the rest, kind of played out. There was rippling effects from that. There was a thing called the Rainer Razor that uh, appeared on Twitter by the, the guys that run the podcast here in Belfast. And it was up to the fans or people looking to get involved to pledge a dollar amount per point amount. And so if you were looking to not spend much money, you'd say, hey, I want to pledge a pound for every goal Rainer scores. It's like, all right, like, you know, every bit helps. Uh, but if you wanted to, uh, really get involved, you'd say, Hey, you know, I'm going to pledge, uh, a point for, or sorry, a, a pound for every block shot and hit that Rainer makes this season. And there were a couple of lads that did that. That, and, that, that could get pricey. Cause you're not, uh, your, your job wasn't to never really put the puck in the net. You contribute offensively here and there, yeah. but you're, you're more of the shutdown. You do not want to come down 
on you one-on-one type player as a D-man. I've seen mm-hmm. the way you, some of those hits you've been laying out like last season, I think I saw there's a couple like, holy cow, dude. Like, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, at a young age found the knack for that. And, you know, I, the timing, I all, what's that? It's timing. It's timing, dude, to be able to do that. You got to, I try to do that and I get, the guy just makes one head fake and I'm like, I end up falling. I can't, I'm so bad at defense. It's not even funny. Yeah. <laughs> you get more uh, hits in the game than I did my whole career probably. Well, I wish, I wish that I emphasized the other parts of the game. Cause I think at some point I was convinced I was going to hit my way to the NHL and I've proved that that's not quite possible. However, if I worked on my weaknesses when I could have, uh, you know, been able to have done that for years leading up to that chance. Hey, you know, maybe now Rainer's uh, hitting guys and got a little bit more skill, a little bit more uh, first pass, a little bit more of what he was lacking, a little less high flip, a little less rim of pucks and a little bit more poise. And that, that could have done something for me, but I know how, that now. How, how much of that, like looking back at that, because I, I was very much the same where, my skill set was like stick handling, whatever. It was never really going to take me that far because there's so much more to the game than having just skill. But I, I had a real hard time wanting to spend my time practicing things that made me uncomfortable, like for me. But as a coach, I'm preaching it. I'm like, you got to get uncomfortable. You, you have yeah. to, right? Now that yeah. I'm 35, I'm like, well, shit, if I just would have just listened to somebody and done all these things, then who knows? But was that kind of the case for you too? Was it Was it a lack of, was it just trying to stay comfortable in your lane or, or, or what was that? Why do you think you didn't spend more time honing some of your other skills? Yeah, I think there was like, I'm interested. I'd have to ask maybe, I think I was already so hard on myself that if a coach tried to coach me per se and like try to suggest more, I don't know that I would have been able to like handle that. I've, I've thought of that, of that a lot lately. Um, and so my recollection of what that looked like, the conversation with the coach was, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just got to keep doing what I'm doing. It's just, it's it's like, really, though? Do I just have to keep doing what I'm doing? You, you see nothing wrong. You see no areas that I could maybe tweak a little bit, maybe somewhere I'm struggling. Like, you know I have no goals this season, right? Like, you just keep doing what you're doing, though? Is that still the the advice? And I, I feel like I heard that at every stage of development. And I, I don't know what type of messaging it would have taken to be like, listen, love your game. Um, you do this, this, this really well. Uh, you need to work on this and I want to help you. And we're yeah. going to tweak, tweak a couple things. And hey, you know what? It doesn't have to be 100 reps of anything a day. Let's not set ourselves up to like hate what we're doing. But it's like we have to add a little bit more of this in and, you know, we got to tweak it. Um, I don't think I could shoot a puck until I was like something like 27, 28 years old. Honestly. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But that coaching man. I like that. Miles Rumsey was drafted by was drafted by Edmonton. He was a captain of Swift my last year, I think. My Yeah, my 19-year-old year. Played with him for a while. Great defensively, but I'm telling you, there's no way you shot the puck less hard than he did like i still to this day our most guys passes were harder than this guy's slap shot but unbelievable in his own end blocking shots hitting guys like he is just incredible but it that's a thing right is i think there's a 
there is that component missing. Like when you can find a coach that instead of just saying, keep doing what you're doing, like that's the easy answer, right? Mm -hmm. Like how much are you invested to be like, yeah, keep doing what you're doing, but, and here's how we're going to do it. Like you said, and that's what I tell, like I was on the ice with a a couple of major junior guys this summer and different things. And and they're going in their first years. And I said, listen, said, you're going to need to find a way to work on all the areas of your game that you never thought you're going to have to work on like wingers, right? Taking pucks on the wall. I did so much of that this summer with this one kid. And I said, and you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to find a guy on your team when you get there who wants to put in the work after practice to do all these little things. Cause you're not always going to have a coach to be like, Hey, we're staying out. Hey, like the onus is on mm-hmm. us to grow ourselves as people, as hockey players, to put in the work, whatever that may be. And finding, you know, someone like a teammate that maybe could do the, on the same trajectory or want to be on the same trajectory. Um, it, that's what it could take. But to hear that message, like just keep doing what you're doing. It's like, well, mm-hmm. like that's not, that's not really positive reinforcement by any means. It's like, okay, I'll just stay mediocre. Yeah. You know, like I just, okay, I guess whatever. But I, I don't know. There's a way to, there's a way to, like you said, I think, yes, you're doing this, this, and this really well, but we need to work on this, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, there was coaches along the way that would take guys after practice and try to do extras with them here and there. But I, I again, I think to all the wasted time, like the ice would just sit empty for hours after, like nobody was coming mm-hmm. on after us. We could have stayed out there for an extra two hours if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, but so often I was like, Oh, practice is over. I'm out of here. See ya. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and then that's you do that. You do that every day. If you imagine you just spend 15 minutes extra every day mm-hmm. and how that adds up accumulated over time, like the amount of 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, or on the other side, losing that 15 minutes, losing that 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a little bit that that can really make a difference. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting though. It's interesting to think of that. Um, but you seem to be like you're in a pretty good space. You mentioned uh, Hope. Is she living over there with you? Yep. Hope and I are uh, doing round two in Belfast, and uh, round two has been, uh, you know, in her experience, a lot easier than round one because round one was brand new. Totally no different. hockey experience. No really. No. No players. time spent around the hockey community very much what I'm imagining to be probably a junior hockey mindset stereotypically wise in her mind. Like she's like, Oh God, like I got to go hang out with like, you know, a junior team, right. What, what she might be imagining is like these kids in high school that were, you know, again, as we've talked about the whole time, not exactly doing everything they could to be earning the best reputations. Um, but so by the time we arrived in Belfast last season and then got to kind of integrate, get moved in, get settled, get in the routine, uh, and then meet everybody and then build those relationships, last year's team was was uh, an amazing team to have that opportunity to do that with Hope for because uh, it was a full team of, uh, of couples. I think there was like one guy that was without a partner and so very family vibe, right? Um, very, very tight knit, very, uh, very great group of people. And so the opportunity to come back again this year, um, yeah, all over it. Let's do it. What is your, uh, what is your schedule? I guess practice at nights or during the day? We practice, uh, 930 to 11 is the slot we've got here on my schedule. What is that? But, like in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, okay. All right. And then is it weekend games or you play during the week too? Yeah, so 
we're coming up here. We've got uh, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's weekends. Uh, pretty much weekends. The odd, the odd uh, weekday in there. We uh, we had a Wednesday game a couple weeks back. I'm just looking at a calendar. It's actually a printout here. So. <laughs> got her there. But, yeah, are you no, are you wearing the are you wearing the C over there? No, no, I'm not. I uh, I wear an A. Okay. Um, of course you do. And uh, our captain is uh, David Goodwin, who I actually had uh, the opportunity to room with. I think it was the year that got shut down that we were we were roommates. Um, and so, great guy, the rightful captain. I stand behind him 100. Um, we lean on each other in all kinds of ways, and uh, he's the guy for the job. Well, you, you you're right there. I'm sure if he's not there, you're the next the next guy in line. You do a fantastic job too. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think anyone needs a letter to to lead, and that's certainly not the case for you. You're a leader on and off the ice. There's no doubt about it. Um, Rainer, anything else you want to add before we uh, before we sign off? We're gonna have to do this. I I, I want to get you up here in the summertime somewhere. I know you're far. You 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 live in the middle of nowhere in the summer, but you do yeah. come. We we got to get together in person. We really do. We got to make this more of a frequent thing. I, uh, I definitely have to say that coming into this one versus the original, uh, very more relaxed, uh, way more, uh, well, let's just see what we're going to talk about. Last time was like, I was a wreck of anxiety all day long, like performer, right? You gotta, I gotta what, what am I going to say? What are we going to talk about? Got to have the lines ready and just working it up. Like it's a game, like a big game kind of thing where, you know, I, rolled in here like it's practice yeah uh which is i think you know that's some growth that's huge i love it i have to acknowledge that i remember uh our first episode and uh you know leading up to our episode and i think i i want to ask you how you're feeling now versus then because you're you're calm you're collected when i first like caught wind of you heard of you had you calling me you were you were wiry you were energetic you were you were not who i'm speaking to at the minute but for the better now i think that we both had a lot of a lot of upward growth in the last since we spoke first yeah i i definitely was batshit crazy i still am into some capacity but um uh, to be honest with you, I was just so fueled by passion and wanted to, and I still am, but it would come out and it comes out differently now where I, I don't have to be, it doesn't just have to be full out all the time. Like it doesn't, that's unrealistic. Um, but yeah, like just, uh, I think still really trying to figure out who Brady was underneath all of what I was doing. And it was just me. I was really just trying to share my story and hopefully get other people to share their stories in hopes of helping others. Um, but it took me, took me a long, a long time, even, you know, through this last almost three years, just up until recently where, you know, I can actually look in the mirror and, and have a pretty good understanding of who I am and, and where my morals, where my values are, how I want to spend my time, uh, all that stuff where this before it was like, I had these million and one ideas and it was just like coming and going, you know, I'm going to do them all. I'm going to take on the world. And, um, 
very luckily I didn't fall apart because it could have easily happened. And I think I'm very uh, fortunate to have just incredible people around me that didn't, wouldn't have allowed that to happen anyways. Uh, but yeah, I, I think for, for both of us, definitely this, you seem a lot more relaxed and that's the first I'm hearing about this. Cause you never told me that before, but the last one, we've chatted quite a bit since then, probably not enough, but a bit since then. So um, it's interesting, right? And that comes down to that level of, of being an elite athlete, an elite performer, having expectations and having to perform, like you said, but you can just strip that all away and show up for practice and have fun. <laughs> that's, yeah. where, that's, that's where it all happens, man. You end up playing better somehow. You Absolutely, know, it's, dude. It's, uh, yeah, no, I uh, thank you again for having me on and I applaud everything you're doing. And I think it was maybe in the, before, you know, I was in the studio, I was backstage before you kind of let me in here. Uh, you talked about uh, the true hockey sponsorship and how they kind of put their trust in you. But you said something along the lines of, uh, you know, they weren't sure, but then they took a chance on you. Um, uh, and I feel like it's kind of the same chance I took in jumping in the first one with you. Cause I was like, yeah. man, this guy, he's, he's like, I don't know. Like as long as he like plays by the rules we set up for the chat and like, I don't know what he's going to bring up and I don't know how like wild he's going to dive into things. I don't know how, you know, worked up you're going to get over certain things. You know, I don't know where the where the bullets are going to fire. You know what I mean? It's like now I know at least in from what I've seen out of you, you're you're aiming and you're not shooting all over the place and you're very, you know, you're composed. And, you know, that's I saw you on your uh, on the news, you know, and to be able to to appear on there, you know, like, man, like you're doing great things with the coaching, reconnect with the family. I could go on, but like keep doing what you're doing and I can't wait to uh, to be back here with you. Thank you, man. And I'm looking forward to it. Please say hi to Hope. I don't know if she's watching or listening. Hi, Hope. Um, I hope I wish you all the best this year and, and I'm going to be following along. Stay in touch. If you need anything from me, if there's anything I can do for you personally or for personal best hockey, never hesitate to reach out. And for anybody watching, uh, more particularly listening, if you're watching live, it's not going to be there right now, but you can definitely go uh, check out the link on Spotify. If you're listening, the link to uh, Kevin's Instagram, his you're on Twitter. Uh, yeah, make it rain eleven on Twitter. Make but, uh, it, I think they're yeah. charging for that now, though. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I don't know Twitter if I'm in too. anymore. I'm off Twitter too. I, I'm on there, but I don't use it. So I, Instagram, I think, is the way to go. Uh, Kevin Ray at Kevin Rain and at Personal Best Hockey. But if you're listening, the links will be in the in the bio, excuse me, that you can just click and, and go make sure you go follow along. Personalbesthockey.com. Go cop some swag, support a great cause. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's set this up for some time after Christmas, dude in the yes, new year sounds good first couple weeks of january we'll do it again beautiful all Can't right Rainer, we'll chat soon man later man good luck there go belfast go <laughs> all right buddy see you later see you later awesome that is my man kevin rain unbelievable conversation that guy first class guy the way he articulates things is incredible love it We'll hear from Regan Bartel uh, and Team Issued, and we'll be back to wrap up the show in just a few moments. Hi there, it's Regan Bartel, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leopold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. TeamIssued.ca. Promo code... 
code drag 15 for 15 percent off make sure you go check out whoa let's try that still not working we got a little bit of an echo there There we go. I was trying to add some pictures in from my cell phone, but it was double echoing. All right. Uh, We'll be back uh, Monday, our regular time slot, 8 p.m. Eastern. We have some some awesome guests lined up, uh, former hockey players, people outside the hockey community. I really like to keep these conversations, uh, you know, as Kevin mentioned earlier, you know, personal best hockey, not just about hockey about life and that's sort of uh, the direction that you know this show is i've always had that goal of branching away from hockey as well and in the past i've brought on some pretty incredible people to share their stories of addiction and uh, overcoming mental illness or living with mental illness i should say because i'm not so sure we overcome it really i think we find ways to to manage it at least that's been the case for me uh, but we all have a story and you know sometimes my story won't be relatable to to you and somebody else's will be and it's just so important uh for for me anyways as this show goes to to bring on as many people with with different uh outlooks and different stories and perspectives so that you know maybe if you haven't been relating to something that you heard today or in past shows that the next one um you can it's uh, it's just been a really humbling opportunity more than anything to be able to sit here uh, and listen to, to the guest speak. Kevin, great job today by Kevin Rain. Just like I as a I could just listen to the show, listen to him talk, probably go back and watch it. And I mean that I've been able to meet meet so many incredible people from past guests, from people who watch and listen to the show, essentially all my friends in my life. Um have kind of come from this show in one way or another. And um, I'm just very grateful for that. So thank you to everyone who's continued to support Hockey to Hell and Back. Please make sure you hit subscribe, like, turn on notifications. That's what all the cool kids say, I think, these days. So I'm just following their lead. Facebook, please go over to YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review Somebody recently told me that that's how you can get your podcast to jump. I don't know. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you do, do. Anyways, I don't have much else to say. I'm going to probably go lay down for an hour because I'm sick. I rallied because when Rainer said, hey, let's do a podcast, I'm like, let's go. I'll rally. Sweating. Like I'm sick. I haven't slept really for three days, but I'm so glad that we were able to make this happen. Uh, once again, please check out at Kevin Rain at Personal Best Hockey and PersonalBestHockey.com. Christmas is around the corner. Go cop some gear for your friends and family. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyways, until next time, stay kind, be humble, be grateful. And always make it a great day if you so choose.
was my life's rookie of the year. Swift as a bronco, they up in my gear. Past the pain, went insane, yearning for that buzz. Twelve-year journey through the depths of hell. Criminal fentanyl, I struggled, I fell. Abused, confused, as a shadow of who I once was. Can't stay for rest this week. Don't go night away on the beat. I need to get my last gear back on track. Used to toe drag them like Wayne Gretzky. And now I'm toe tagging homeless on Hastings. Intervenous drugs weren't in the gang notes. Wrong kind of how to ride the lightning. Sideboard ignoring hot and frightened. Hockey to hell and back was my recovery road. Can't sleep restless week. Up all night, a dread on a beat. I need to get my life here back on track. Emotions change, I can't stop crying. Send my reflection, no sense lying. My inspirations are getting killing back. Mental health over hockey. Gotta get people talking. Ignite the chain up again, it is real, but the soul is lost. Changes from my former convictions. Now I live 